0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to Absurdity. It is really great to see you. This is Tony and Ryan, of course, joining you live from. Well, it's not live.
1: Actually. I was going to say, wait, what?
0: This is why I, I always do the lead. This in, is why you started. do the lead in. But but we are joining you, and we are live yes. at the time that we're recording. Yes.
1: This. You are, and you are joining us, but in the future. In the future. This is just making me think of that scene from Spaceballs. <laughs> Where where they're watching themselves on the screen. Yeah. Like, what, when will then be now? Soon. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs>
0: it's such a great, yeah. Oh, there's there's so many great loops of that. Uh, guys, we are so excited to be with you. Um, of course, uh, we hope that you guys have been checking out our website, um, absurdnetwork.com. And we are really hoping that you guys have been checking out uh, just the new podcasts that are popping up. Um the new schedules that have been going on. Um we've been recording for a little while since the hiatus now and it's it's been going really well actually. Like I've the burnout is is gone. I was a little worried that it was gonna pop up again, but
1: I'm I'm excited about it. And you're not the one making YouTube videos every week now. This so This is true. This is true. That's
0: <laughs> don't worry. That's, that's, you're at a
1: lower risk than I, I am. Uh, yeah. No, true. I've gotten a lot quicker at it. I mean, other than the scripting we, process is honestly the hardest part. The editing is tedious. Yeah,
0: because you found like how where the, the things can sit and yeah, the, little... the editing
1: was the editing is actually the easy part. Yeah. It's time consuming, which is annoying, but other than that and eventually I hope to have an editor, but I mean I'm to the point now where once the video is once the video is scripted, it's like, editing it takes roughly, I mean, I sat down to record a video recently and was completely done with with the export from sitting down to record to export complete ready to be uploaded, uh it took about 4 hours. And wow. an hour and a half of that time was um, was waiting on it to export in 4k. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. like I've definitely getting, I'm definitely getting faster yeah. at it, but that doesn't change the fact that, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh,
0: no, I, I remember Um, this tells you how old I am. When I was doing videos for summer camp, uh, they had, remember those micro tapes you could record on? It was like I think the little, so, Yeah. Little tiny video yeah. tapes. And then you would put it in the machine and it would turn into digital. I remember editing those and then um formatting them and, and, um, getting everything set up. And then as I would try to burn it onto the DVDs, um, especially the first one, then they had just had a copier. But that first one would take anywhere from one to three hours. Yeah. Depending on, and it's just rendering. I mean, it's just yep. just things rendering and getting transferred over. And it was just like... Wah, wah, was it, wah, it Monsters, wah.
1: Inc. or another movie that they had to use over 2,000 computers to render the movie because... If they hadn't, it would have taken like over 100 years to render the entire animated movie. Like, that's how much rendering and like actually exporting a movie. That's how long it takes.
0: It's crazy how technology has finally just like in the last two, three years caught up with technology.
1: (laughs) That was the most non statement statement I've ever seen. and
0: And this is what's amazing because like when you talk about what movies are able to do versus the logistics. Um, so like you have a movie like Mulan, right. And, and it needed a lot of computers to create. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying this cause I watched it the other night. Um, these different, you know, Mongols and Huns, you know, uh, the, the horsemen coming down the hill. Like, well, yeah, that took a bunch of computers and algorithms and stuff, but it didn't take like 2000. Then what you could do as far as algorithms and creating skeletons and individual hairs like that. Boosted way up yep. for stuff like Monster Inc., Finding Nemo, it,
1: Brave. I was gonna say Brave. I feel like was the first was the first one where they were able to actually individually animate hair. Yeah, for for yep. uh, Merida, or I don't know how to say her name. I think that Merida. Was right. yeah. yeah, but no, I wanted to say it like with, I guess Scottson. Yeah, but Merida. I, I got nothing. Yeah,
0: um, but yeah, so things like that. Um, even something like the Good Dinosaur, um, where like the individual strands of grass things like that um it's it's just like it took so much ram power to do what the those creators were able to think of and now these more recent films have been able to just the the computing power has caught up with like imagination and it's always fun to see that cuz now you're going to be able to you know they've been able to come up with films that I've just blown away what we thought we were able to do. And then yep. you see the next cycle of technology. It's, it's fun. This would have gone so much better with our, <laughs> the next episode know, We're going right? to record. Yeah. Um, but segueing it's okay. We're already there. In, oddly. Um,
1: So talking about responses to things. Yeah. Well, I said you you issued the most non-statement statement ever. So I gave us a segue, but it was a minute ago. Yeah. Um, I will say this. uh, Some of this episode is a little bit Seventh-day Adventist-centric as far as some of the things that we'll reference. However, that means very little in the grand scheme of things. So if you start hearing us reference Adventist- it's a church, it's a, the Adventist like church. What it, like it roots. Yeah. The yeah. roots
0: of how it got started, like where it percolated in my brain. Um, yeah. But so, we're
1: talking about this concept as, as, a, a, whole, as a whole. And so this is, this definitely applies. So if you're not Adventist and you're listening, A, thank you. Uh, and B, um, stick through those parts. Yeah. yeah. Just absolutely.
0: Uh, yeah. And then I'll try to give context for it. So we've been looking for different ideas to start to record and, and what to record moving forward. And that's going to be relevant. And one of the things that happened, of course, like with COVID pandemic and everything, um, with, uh, the, the Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, um, uh, George Floyd, that would be the guy that I couldn't think of, um, with, with those, uh, killings and, and the protests that have come as about, uh, as about because of that, there've been a lot of responses and non-responses, um that have been both positive and negative on Mm -hmm. both sides, on the response and non-response side. And it's been interesting to see. um, And the particular thing that really piqued me was at one point, um, Ted Wilson, who's the the GC president, we've talked about him on the podcast before. um, He tweeted out happy Sabbath, which is, and to give context, he does this, I think every Sabbath or at least once a month. I know for sure once a month, but I I think it's every week. Um, but he does that, right? Like he tweets out like Happy Sabbath, you know, usually with some you know quote or Bible quote or something like that, um, Bible verse. And this happened to be May twenty
1: nine. Yep. Um, which was Friday. Which was he Friday, night. Friday night. He released it Friday night. He released
0: it Friday night, which was, I believe, night two of the uh, it would protests. Night
1: three. Night I don't, three. I don't know protest. if the protests started Tuesday or if they started Wednesday. I want to say that. Things started to escalate on Wednesday, but protests were happening as early as Tuesday. So really, that's, right, that's right. Day so it's,
0: it's it'd been going on for a, a bit of a while um, and people are obviously not happy. It it was. And it came across, especially because he had not made an official statement about anything on the situation, very disingenuous. And so people did not react well. And we can have that. You haven't tweet, said
1: at what he actually did. And the response is what did he actually do? He just said Happy Sabbath. Oh, okay, that's what you're saying. That's okay. what he said. But yes. that's it,
0: right? No yeah. response about anything else. Just Happy Sabbath. Gotcha. And the responses to that tweet, which were still there at the time, and I forgot to take screenshots. I will try to get screenshots. Um, but I did, you know, we will we'll put the link to the tweet there if it's it hasn't been deleted, and we'll we'll put up a screenshot. Um, but it's it's really not that important because it wasn't like inflammatory. But people responded back with like, not really.
1: Yeah. And, this was and, a time where, yes, Ted Wilson was doing what he normally does, and there's nothing wrong with that in general. This was a time where, at this point, everyone was looking for leadership in the church to say something more about a specific specifically situation. Specifically
0: what's going on. And, and so the non-response um, was taken very negatively. Um, and I just saw over and over again people complaining about uh, entities in our church in particular not commenting on this. Um, not saying anything. It's like this stuff is happening in your backyard. this is this is yeah. our lives. Um, why isn't anyone saying anything? And it just got me thinking because of of course, then you want to contrast that with someone who does do a response to situation. um, and in this particular instance, it just happened to be like literally right underneath that tweet which is why it inspired me. It was like, there was an article about how clergy were not happy with Trump's photo op at the, at the, uh,
1: at St. St. John's. John's.
0: I want to say St. George, but that's the dragon and that's England, uh, the St. John's Episcopal church. Right. And they were unhappy with that. Um, which was a response to be fair. That was also a response to Mm -hmm. situation. Um, so to me, it was just that comparison between the response and the non-response. And people were angry about the non-response. People were angry about the response. And I said, okay, we've talked about tragedy before. We've talked about responding to tragedy before, but we've never really talked about the philosophy of it. And like what makes a good response uh, versus a bad response. And so I contacted a uh, person that I know um, their job is, is marketing and PR. Um, And I interviewed them and I talked to them about like what, would make a good response on like an individual level and different things. And I wanted to just talk about it here on the podcast um, because I said, all right, I want to not like, I want to see good examples. Like what is a good example and what are some of the ways that you can make, that you can frame a response to a tragedy, to a situation. It doesn't have to be about this situation. Um, It can be about things that aren't political, um, but just a situation. Right, because we've had so many things in 2020. Like it's kind of hard. Like you yeah. kind of forget that in January the world was on fire. Uh, in February we were almost, you know, in a nuclear war. We've ran, lived all and, of. We've lived like, a
1: decade in four months. We've like, lived it, through an entire decade's worth of tragedy. The six
0: months of this year alone, like, have been just yep. mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. Um, I didn't think the 2010s were that great, but wow. <laughs> I, I am getting nostalgic today. So that, that it was just one of those things of like, okay, we've seen a lot of this. I want to know like for myself, for future people. And let's talk about um, responses and non-responses. So that was kind of the main idea behind that. Um, Cause here's the reality that responding to tragedy is difficult. It's not easy. Right. Um, if you've ever been to a funeral a lot of times, even if you know, don't say it was all in God's plan. Don't say it was all in God's plan. Sometimes it's just hard to say. Like hard to say I, what, I you know, mean hard like, to say. Like, no, no, no. Like, like hard to not say. Yeah. Thank you. It's like hard to not say something along those lines of like, it's gonna be okay. Oh, not really. And so it's just one of the things, like it's hard to respond to something.
1: Um well, and and the reality is, in twenty twenty, right now, that's a that's an even more significant issue be, yeah. or difficulty because many of the leaders who are tasked with making these responses or issuing these responses are also up for re-election in their given positions, and so there's a bit of there's a bit of um um I don't know reputation management and brand management, brand management that has to happen there in bandwagoning. order to yeah, yeah. like. I mean, seeing Trump even, you know, issue tweets about Ahmad Arbery and seeing the tapes or I mean, seeing the seeing the, the video and saying like Ahmad, you know, this seems like a tragedy. He seemed like such a good young man. And like those aren't consistent with with things that Trump has said in the past. Regarding right. this. Yeah. Like- but he's in an election year. So there's like there is that always to be something that we pay attention to in, in years where. Oh, reelections are happening at the same time that tragedies are happening. Yeah.
0: And so to to kind of pick out and be like, all right, well, how do I, because I can't do anything about that, but like, how do I recognize that? And how do I like move forward? Because you have to say the right thing, right? Like you can't, Mm -hmm. it's hard to pick out what to say, but then there's also like, I want to offend as little people as possible, as much Mm -hmm. as possible. Um, Not that sometimes you can't say things, some things need to be said, But on the general, like if everything you say is inflammatory, eventually it just kind of becomes white noise. Um, And so you want to be able to, you know, save oomph um, Mm -hmm. for when it, you know, for certain things that matter. Like you shouldn't be like, I went to Wendy's and Wendy's is the worst, you know, that everything can't be crazy. So you have to, you have to respond to that. Well, I think. But then there's,
1: well, yeah. I I, I was just going to say, I think Ted Wilson is actually, I mean, if we just continue that, that. Example out and flesh that out like that he's a perfect example of of what we mean when we say tragedies can be difficult because here you have a world leader who he eventually did issue right, a statement, yeah, yeah, and then the statement he issued he got lambasted for yeah, and then he issued another statement, which to some degree he's still getting lambasted for, yeah, though many yeah. have expressed that like, this was, expressed like up, this was a step up yeah better um because as as someone who's leading a worldwide denomination trying you're to you're issue a statement, you're never going to make yeah. everyone happy, and you're supposed to speak to all of the tragedies and you know and give proper significance and weight and attention to each tragedy and then say something that is that is religiously and you know church politically neutral enough that everyone will get something which is you're you're bound it's kind of like the, the the reality of dad jokes um dad jokes exist because what other jokes can a dad make to his kids safely like is it going to make like a little bit? Yeah. It, like the dad jokes <laughs> exist because what other jokes are there to yeah. tell your kids at that point? I and mean, you could argue, don't tell jokes at all, yeah. but no, like a priest, a rabbi and a, oh, wait, I can't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's it, there. There's Two a real ones
0: are walking down the oh, yeah, these <laughs>
1: are these. They're intended to be clean, fun, humor that a child would get. And we all get to have and, fun. And with.
0: you can embarrass your child. I think. Yes, that's, the that's secondary, secondary, exactly. You get to. You,
1: it's your it's your revenge for all the hours of missed sleep that you got from their infancy. That's what it is. So no, like, so Ted Wilson was kind of like, it it was, there was, there was never going to be a way that he did this that was going to win over every single person. And that's part of the burden of, of responding to to this stuff is there's going to be multiple perspectives and there's no, there's not always a very, very clear line between the black and white. Right, And so you are going to always anger someone. But that's why for me, I've just so, decided like, if I'm going to anger someone, no matter what I do, that I'm going to make sure I do whatever right, I exactly. feel called to do. Exactly.
0: And so, and then there's even, you know, I mean, and we're just talking about like the words, there's timing, there's, yep. and there's just a bunch of things. So I, I went through and I was like, all right, what are good responses? Um, so as an individual, right. And I said, I broke, break it up into two things. Um, I'm going to use the word corporation, but not in the sense of like an entity in the sense of like a corporate responding for a corporate body um, of multiple, which is literally corp means body. So yeah. Corporate body. You tried a body, body. Um, But, but that idea of like a corporation or a um, entity, a group, whatever you want to call it, um, organization. So as the individual, one of the things that they said about responding to a tragedy is uh, immediacy right that that's the biggest thing. Um, do it right away. And I think you'll see a lot of people do this. Um, this is usually the the importance and they they mentioned that the reason why this is important is because the longer you wait, the less relevant it becomes, and the more it seems like you're you're just hopping on a bandwagon um, if even if you do it. Last, but it's last on the same day. Um, it's better to do that, it's better to just right away. Well,
1: you're not trying to race against other organizations, yeah. You're trying to, well, th- this is an, as an individual, but yeah, oh, yeah. You're, I mean, still, you're not trying to yeah. either way. It's not a race to see who can say. Who can say the most you know, uh, publicly quick, acceptable yeah. thing in the fastest time possible? This is more about, and this is what I've learned with all of this. Um, it's more about, especially in the case of George Floyd protests and otherwise, all of the social media posts aren't necessarily about like, oh, look at me. I care about this too. What that is is you having the opportunity to show people that are hurting as a result of that tragedy, where you actually stand on the matter. So for the friends that are on your timeline, they know who is safe on their friends list and who's not right. That's what that means. Right. And that's exactly the the, right. That's exactly it is you want to be able to do,
0: um, relevancy in this, in this sense. And obviously like if you're a political, um, you know, uh, 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 I want to say candidate, but that's not, if you're in politics, um, there's a little bit of intrinsic value in coming out first, but more than anything else, the reality is when you say it in that moment, it does the most good. Mm -hmm. Um, it has the most impact. Um, don't worry too much about the full story coming out because you're not trying to take sides and that's, we're going to get into that in a second, but just say something right there in that moment. Don't, don't wait to come up with something that's necessarily perfect, but say something in that moment that that's the important thing. Um, because here's the reality. And I was asking, well, you know, what if you say something and then later on it comes out, you know, they're facts. And they said, well, you shouldn't only make one statement. Like your first statement should be right away. And you can always make another statement later on and be like, we were not aware of what's going on. I'm, I'm so sorry. Like, at the time, this is what it looked like. Um, and I stand by what I said as far as wanting to help, but this person turns out they weren't actually dead or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the guy burned down his own house. And so they said, the important thing is in that moment that you, and so this is the second part, right? The first is immediacy. Second part is empathy. Um, and that's why you don't take sides. So the point is not necessarily to, try to come out for or against the situation, but rather identify with the pain. So don't put blame on the victim. Don't um, necessarily pick sides at all, but identify with the pain of the situation. If someone has died, identify with the pain of the family, identify with the pain of the person. If it was an accident who is now going to live with that reality, Um, identify with that pain. That's the important thing. Um, And I see, to me, that was the one that I saw that I go, this one immediately helps. Because when it comes from an individual, you can see if there is empathy or no empathy. Um, And so that means you have to tailor it to that situation, right? Um, We'll talk about that a little bit more in in bad responses. But in order to empathize, you have to actually put yourself in that situation.
1: Um, Well, you have to empathy takes a little bit of vulnerability it does and you have to allow yourself to feel something about it um and in order to do empathy i think correctly you don't have to take sides here empathy is a way let me let me rephrase this in being empathetic in response to tragedies where there are cl- very clear victims um yeah or even just victims in general you don't have to take sides. You can take the time to say, to be empathetic to quote both sides or all sides. So for example, with George Floyd, it was revealed that one of the officers, um, one of the officers that had only been on the force for three ish days, had just graduated from police Academy a year ago. And while uh, Derek Chauvin was on George Floyd's neck, that officer actually spoke up twice and said, Hey, should we do something different? And Chauvin, or Chauvin, a, a, veteran of 20 years or 19 years on the force said no that's why we have him in this position we don't need to do any of that do you know how hard it is yeah to speak up to a guy who's been doing your day. job yeah. for 20 years and it's your third day do you know how hard it is to get that and, and now look and, we can get on him for not doing right, more right yeah but we but can also empathize with just how yeah. hard in the moment when, when for it, them this really is a day on the job like it's not It's not an excuse at all, but you can empathize with that and go, oh, I I don't want him to face the exact same charges that the other three cops are facing. He spoke up and and actually tried to do something and he could have tried harder. Don't get me wrong. And he's still involved with what
0: happened. Absolutely. There should be be repercussions and consequences,
1: but I don't think he should be facing the exact same thing that someone who had their knee on George Floyd's neck for nine minutes should.
0: Which is the point of empathy, right? Correct. That, that's the point of empathizing a situation. It softens you and it allows you to get in the situation and present yourself with a, not necessarily a sense of vulnerability, but a sense of transparency. And like I do actually, I took the time to get to know about the situation. Um, empathy is never divisive, it's only divisive to people who are not empathetic. So people who want to hate they're not going to have any empathy.
1: Yeah. And they will, they, they will call your empathy divisive because they don't feel the because same. They, they haven't it. taken the time to right. see it that way or put themselves in that on, situation on
0: on both sides. Now that doesn't mean <laughs> because you can empathize with, you know, Sauron and be like, well, I totally get it. Like I, I want to take over, you know, middle, yeah. middle, uh, earth too. Don't empathize to, like you, you have to use that in the context? But the idea was you identify with the pain of the mm-hmm. situation.
1: Um, well, I think that I think the idea there is don't let empathy drive everything you do, but at least let empathy yes. influence how you respond.
0: And it's a good way to filter out. Yeah. Right. So if there's a politician talking about the situation. Do you sense empathy in there? Right. So you were talking about the response to Ahmaud Arbery. There were a lot of people responding to that. How many people responded with empathy? As a mother, as a father, mm-hmm. as a brother, how many people did not? I think that's the biggest difference where you can tell certain people have socio- <laughs> sociopathic tendencies, not to be dramatic, but you, you can tell. Oh, that I mean, what was, the, that- what was
1: the, what was the, the picture that went viral of a protester who said when their sign said, when George Floyd said, help me mama, that was a call to all mamas. Yeah. And, and there was a whole bunch of moms around her. And, and like, that's the kind of thing that that's empathy is, yeah. is, is, is like when you hear that as a mom, like that 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 lands, like yeah. that hits, and you feel like what if that this- was my son? Exactly.
0: What if that was my son? Um, I think another thing, for instance, when you're across distance, take take something out of it, which is we'll talk about, you know, this particular situation later. But uh with Australia, right? There's no I mean, other than climate change, there's no real uh perpetrator for those wildfires. It may have been started by individuals and pranks or whatever, but it just turned into this gigantic disaster. There was no, like you can't really blame any one person. um, But there was a whole lot of victims. But the thing is, there were a lot of people that were like, eh, that's Australia. Like it's sad, but it's like, just because you're not there, you can empathize mm-hmm. with those people. Um, and again, those responses to Australia to me were so telling because on both sides, there were people that did not empathize with the pain and did not acknowledge the tragedy on both sides of the fence. Now, I will say there were very few people on the side of, we need to fix the world because it's literally on fire. There are very few people on that side of the fence that did not empathize. I saw a few. Um, There were a lot more people on the side of, it's all fake. Like that side definitely, I saw a lot of people like, meh, Mm. it's Australia. I don't care. It's not affecting me. I actually saw the phrase, it doesn't affect me. So that's the whole point. Even, even when it's a situation where there's not a good guy and a quote, bad guy empathize with the pain. Don't necessarily pick sides. That is a good response to the tragedy and you have to acknowledge the tragedy exists. Yep. That to me, I think is the biggest. Um, I, I think that I'll be very general here. Pundits and, media stars who want to use tragedy and deny that the tragedy exists um, and use it to foster conspiracy claims and to peddle their own products um, whether it be merchandise or the man i can't media i can't itself. imagine who
1: you could possibly yeah. be talking about right there, now there's a few, total, actually total mystery as to who the most famous of I those would those be right now i think those people
0: who do that should 100% be shamed right. And to me, I think that's the biggest thing. You have to acknowledge that a tragedy has happened. Um, if you can't do that, I think you should really check your own response. If if that's your first response, then you should stop and say, okay, why would this matter? And why can I not sympathize with these people? Why can I not well, empathize?
1: I would, and, and I would counter to say that empathy is about de-escalation whereas and and so you know someone is is being or is being unempathetic or at least is emotionally distant from the situation and potentially like like some of the pundits that we just uh vaguely referenced um you know who may be jonesing for some personal uh you know personal gain in tragedy like you can tell you can tell that they're not responding well because their their whole thing is not about de-escalation if i'm peddling conspiracy theories um like the one that i've seen about george floyd not really being dead and was in it you know in on it with the with the police officer and all that they're not interested in de-escalate they're interested in escalating the situation in making it worse and no peacefully protesting is not escalation in the same sense as um in the same sense as those who are peddling something like a conspiracy theory are feeding people's angers for the sake of of growing that anger, whereas a protest personal is, money, correct out of it, a protest and demonstration in response to a tragedy like George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery it. and Breonna Taylor. That's funneling that anger into something productive in order to uh, in order to drive for positive change
0: when it also it takes the focus off of yourself. This is the other thing about empathy that was so huge is it takes the focus off of self and puts it on the situation. This is no longer about me. This is about them and the pain of the person. Mm-hmm. So those are some good responses. Here's some good examples of those. Oh, oh, and then as a corporation, right? So that's as an individual, right? You, me, uh, celebrities, you know, people responding as individuals, as a corporation, there's an added step, right? All those things are true. Immediacy, um, entity, uh, identify or empathy, identify with pain, but also, as a corporation or an entity or a group, you have to match that with action, um, and typically that that involves funding or money, um, but it, it it involves
1: action, right? And w- when we, I think the action needs to be proportional action to, yes. yeah, um, absolutely. So for example, um, let's let's argue that Kanye West is a is a corporation. For this, for the sake of this, sure. yeah, he has yeah, yeah. enough money that's to bring one. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. a, he's a brand. Um, he, he, he doesn't even really issue much of a statement and said, what he just does is throw $2 million together for, um, for expense, legal expenses for, I believe it was the Taylor family. I could be wrong on that cause I'm not looking at a source on this, but at the very least he actually set up a college fund, a trust, uh college fund for George Floyd's kids. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about when I say uh, when, when we say it's, it's an action that is the action itself could also honestly just serve as the statement. Right. But this is an action that's proportional to what that corporation that is able exactly, to do yeah. and to the tragedy itself.
0: Right. And and I think that's, you know. Um, for instance, you saw that there was this one guy who he was uh, getting his house. Uh, he was rebuilding the house, remodeling house for his kids. And uh, it, there was an accident and it burned down. And um, so they went out and can't remember if it was 160 or 100, but like 100 and something more over 100 thousand dollars was raised on a GoFundMe um, to help you know kind of you know rebuild this house and, and help the situation. And it's like wow that's that's awesome. That's a proportionate response, mm-hmm. right? Two million dollars would not that's overkill. If that makes sense, yeah. Um, that makes it again about you. I mean, it's awesome that you want to help them out. But that's not a proportionate response. Versus legal fees, you know, when you're paying for someone's uh, medical bills, right? Those are the types of things that are proportionate response. There it is. And Kanye
1: West donates two million dollars to families of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery. Yeah, there to help go. out the situation. Yep. So
0: that that's a proportionate response, and he is a corporation. I would argue. Um, he's a, he's speaking as a, as a brand, a group, um, and and that's very similar. So a good example of that is Target, right? So they put out a statement. Um, they're going to provide supplies for the most heavily affected in the protest areas. So Minneapolis, uh, different cities like that, et cetera, not necessarily. Now, obviously, they also made a statement about Black Lives Matter and, and racial justice and all that. But they specifically said, hey, we're going to be able to do most good for people in that area that cannot get to a store. You know, uh, so it was things like water, um, personal uh, uh, um What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, um, you mean toiletries. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, baby, hygiene oil. Baby care. Yeah. yeah, hygiene stuff like that. And it's like, hey, you know, we just we want to help. We want to support. Um, and we know that people are affected by this, um, that aren't even protesting. And so we want to help those communities as much as we can. And this is the best way we can do that. Mm-hmm. Perfect example, right? So they made a statement and then they backed it up. By saying we believe that Black Lives Matter, and so because of that, we're going to help the protesters out by making sure that there aren't, you know, they aren't inadvertently affecting victims, and and making sure that they have water, um, so that you know they're going to be okay, so that they're not overheating, and and there aren't more victims because of this. Uh, perfect example. Whether or not you agree with the protest, whether or not you agree with um, the situation, they're identifying with the situation. Um, they're acknowledging that a tragedy has happened and they're putting action forward into it. That's a good response. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's um, a great response.
1: As opposed to, and when we say proportional, here's what we mean by proportional, because this is one of the reasons that, once again, just carrying the original example here that led to all this, um, Ted Wilson, his his second statement that actually did speak to specifically the tragedies and yes. racial turmoil yes. in the US um, stated that he was sending a letter of condolences um, on behalf of the Worldwide Church to all three families of Ahmaud Arbery, Brianna Taylor, and George Floyd, and that he was working through Oakwood University to send an edible arrangement to each family as well. And while people are glad that they're uh, he's sending letters, they're like an edible arrangement, like that's the best we could do here. Yeah. Um. And that's that's the issue is that that gesture. How was that supposed to? It doesn't do anything. Yeah. Um. I've res- like edible arrangements are cool. It's about it. Um, I want to be clear. That we're talking
0: about uh, fruit baskets, things that you can eat, not edibles. Let's yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. just be clear. Uh, okay, yeah. No, an that's, edible
1: arrangement, like, yes, a fruit. A fruit that are, yeah, that are carved
0: fruit. like a flower or something, yeah.
1: Yeah, so. and so that's what I – when I say proportional action, that's what I mean, yeah. is it needs to yeah. do something to um, – the criticism that comes is cool. The church no. is not actually interested in doing the worldwide. isn't interested in actually doing something about the greater cause or issue that that is behind all of this, yeah. which is systemic yeah. racism yeah. and police excessive, you know, excessive use of force by police and lack of accountability. All that. Here's a mango. Like here's that a mango. Feel that, better. That doesn't get yeah. better soon. No.
0: And 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 again, I understand. Yeah, I want to empathize with the situation. But that's the whole thing it, that the, as a corporation, right? he wasn't responding as an individual. He, he was saying as a corporation. Um, yeah, but he could he have easily said he didn't say, hey, we're going to work with the North American the North division, American to, division to, 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 to figure out
1: a, the best way forward here. We're going to
0: call, you know, uh, we're, we're going to do our best to work with our religious liberty uh, lawyers. To to you know the cause of justice is a cause of liberty and cause of religious liberty and if there is no justice you know something along those lines um and and follow that up it didn't need to be hey we're going to give them money mm-hmm. um but that was the whole thing it was like you know a, a watermelon you don't have like, to know. Shaped like a cat isn't going to
1: correct you don't work. have to know exactly what you're going to do but you do have to at least say we are working on you know creating a plan to re- to. Respond with action here. And well, we are like, you need so, to and give a timeline, say, we, we hope to have something by this, by X date or an update for you, but like, yeah. there's so, so and, many things you can do there. And
0: there's a couple other types of responses, right? So th- another great example would be Ben and Jerry's, right? So Ben and Jerry's wrote out a huge, I mean, it's an epistle, man, about Black Lives Matter and justice. Um, if you actually go on their website, which we'll have in the show notes, um, they have this, uh, it's called- How uh, presumptive of you uh, to think that I will remixed. remember- R E M I
1: X D. How presumptive.
0: We're gonna, we're gonna.
1: Yes, we're putting it up. Don't kay. worry. Thank you.
0: Um, <laughs> but but I forget it's, a lot. It's it, I mean, you can just go on. I mean, it's really easy. Ben and Jerry Ice Cream. Just Google it and put it on. They have a, a cause like what we're about, like what we believe causes we believe in, and you look it up, and or issues we care about. Sorry, it's uh, issues we care about on the drop tab, and and it's really easy because they have. A bunch of articles linked to it they have what you can do uh petitions you can sign legislation that's there so one of the ways you can respond is by as a corporation or as an individual is by donating funds or something to help in the situation another way is by allowing people helping people to find ways to give themselves um and i think that to me is also an important action mm-hmm. right some of us don't have money to give. Some of us aren't in an area where we can protest for reasons. Uh, some of us can't.
1: Well, um, I'm a perfect example of this with my back the way yeah. it is. I can't be out in protests. And so I've spent most of my time trying to educate people with a platform that I have and through YouTube content and whatever and trying to put out content that would make an educational impact because I, I literally can't demonstrate or protest I mean, protest right now.
0: People who are at high risk for covid
1: I'm also in that right? category.
0: Um, they can't go out elderly who, are literally, you know, I mean, there have been a huge response from boomers and I'm, I'm usually, I usually saying, if, tend to, tend I don't, to, tend to hate on generations older than that they can't me, go but, out.
1: It's that, you know, it, and it's respect to those who do, but it's understandable and empathy yeah, right, to those exactly, who don't feel who, who They literally
0: can't. Um, or the ones that get, I won't, I won't go there. <laughs> um, you know what I was going to say. Yes. I'm not going to say it. Um, so, so there are some people who cannot help by being there in person, but you can help people know. Right. Um, and by, and so Ben and Jerry's same thing where they you know, they actually went out and protested and, and got arrested, I think in 2016. Um, don't quote me on that, but they, they went out. Um, and so they have a history of this, but they, they are providing information. They're not just saying something, but they're actually saying, "And here's how you can help.
1: Mm-hmm. You need to support this bill, which it deals with qualified which immunity, is and you need to do this." Yep.
0: yep, yep. And and they have something on qualified immunity, so it, it's incredible to me to see that and be like, "Okay, this is something. This is a type of action that helps out." Then there's another, which is, um, for instance, it, uh, earlier this year. Sorry, with the Australia fires, um, Lizzo went out, and uh, during the fires, she actually stopped touring and she went and helped out um, i believe it was at a food bank and i'll find the i'll find the story and try to put the link up but literally it was she stopped and she said look this is not a political issue this is humanity the people are suffering we're going to help out right that again is taking action that's helping out um and, and it's important again as a corporation as a brand um and even as an individual but as an individual you can make a statement and then kind of step back. And there aren't a lot of, there aren't a lot of forms of accountability other than like public shaming um, to, to make an individual have action. That's kind of like, you have to come up with that, but as a corporation, you can hold them accountable Mm -hmm. um, because you can stop attending or you can, I mean, it sounds stupid, but write a bad review. Like there are lots of things you can do that, holds a corporation or an entity uh, accountable to that action. And so it's, I mean,
1: ultimately, and here's the reality. Part of the reason that these companies are getting involved in issues like this, like, like social justice moves is because millennials for the last decade have been telling them like, we care about what the corporations we buy from, what their ethics and morals are and what their stances are. So if, um, so they're doing this, yes, they're doing it because they may believe in it and mm want to use whatever platform they have, but they're also doing it because they know that it also, keeps customers like which, there's there's that much mo- and there's wrong with you. that yeah exactly there's nothing wrong with that motivation if it's not, as long as it's not like it's very clear when someone is doing something for money and someone is doing something or because it's right or, and or, yeah, the, yes yeah. there will be money that comes from that um, uh, great yeah.
0: example you know Mookie Betts during during COVID um, he's the right fielder for the Los Angeles Dodgers in this baseball season that's probably not gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> sorry um, had a moment traded for one of the best outfielders in the just remember which of us two. oh i watched. hate you so much i <laughs> hate you so Dunnard much i knew you were gonna talk about it and he you was should. on the team that beat us yep. anyway he went and paid for um in in nashville he's from nashville he went and paid for a bunch of people's groceries um i think mm-hmm. he literally went and just like anybody who came in that day um he paid for their groceries and he did he didn't tell anybody That to me was the biggest thing is he didn't go out. He didn't say anything. No one would have known had someone who was working there. Now, granted, he may have been working with that person, but um, literally no one would. He did not post it on his social media. He did not make it a big deal. But someone said he needs to, you know, we need to thank him. This is the type of person he is. Right. That's you can tell Um, Albert Pujols is is another baseball player. And there are a bunch of other um, athletes, but these are the two that I know kind of off, you know, top of my head people say he's one of the biggest advocates. He's a huge, he he helps out um, uh, with uh, autistic, I believe um, organizations. He does um, gives a ton of money, does a ton of work, helps organize a bunch of stuff, but he's super quiet about it. Um, There are people who are really big and loud, like the wonderful young lady um, who stopped someone boarding up their store in Santa Monica to pose for a photo looking like they were drilling and then drove off. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can tell um, it's become very obvious, um, especially now that, that you can have that. So that's how you can avoid is by looking for the empathy, look for the action when it comes to a corporate entity or an organization, look for the action. Are they actually doing it now? You can't tell the motivation for it, but when someone actually does something why they do it while it still matters. It doesn't take away from the good that they're still doing. Yeah. If you give out food at a food bank, the food doesn't taste worse because you're doing it for a photo op. Now, if you do it for 10 minutes, okay, that's a different story. But if you take all day to help people, like even if you're doing it just because you want to get elected to your local, you know, council yeah. member, whatever, whatever, it's you still help yeah. somebody. I mean, at
1: corporate corporate statements are essentially like what is it? Chaotic good, I think, or yeah. or, cha- or it's, neutral it's, good. Yeah, it's like they're not amazing be, by definition because there always will be that kind of underlying right. ulterior motive. About, yeah, but, but they're doing it's at something, least doing
0: good. Yeah, yeah. Is I don't,
1: good. I mean, you could get mad at Target or Ben. You know, you get mad at Target all you want, but they're out there giving supplies to protesters and making sure that they're taken care of. Like, there's not. Yep. This isn't, it's not rocket science here and yeah. and we don't need to overthink it. So
0: what are some potential bad responses? And this one is very interesting because it's, mm-hmm. while it's a little bit of a flip, we talked a little bit about that. There are some things that are interesting. Mm-hmm. So as individuals, one of the first ways that you can have a bad response is picking sides before you educate yourself. Um, sometimes it's really obvious, right? There are good guys and bad guys. Um, but it's not always so. So before you educate yourself about the situation, don't just pick a side. a lot of empathy without joining a side. A lot of times it comes from a pre, uh, a a pre-cognitive. No, it comes from a bias um, and it comes from something that's beyond that situation. And so educate yourself about the situation, find out as much as you can. Then you can say, Hey, Here's this. Here's that. Um, yeah, I'll say it. I'll, I'll talk about it. I wasn't going to talk about it before, but this is a perfect example about okay, it's not hard to pick sides when an elderly man is shoved to the ground by two police officers and 40 mm-hmm. of them walk by. He cracks his head open. Blood's pouring on the ground. No one responds to him. No one goes to help him. That, Regardless of what was said, okay, there's no, you, it's obvious. You can pick sides. You can literally see this was not okay. There's no... Possible way that there could be a, he said my mother was ugly. Like there's no way, there's nothing you could say unless he was physically assaulting. Mm-hmm. And if you see this guy, he's like a hundred and million years old. Okay. So there's no way that he was a threat. That's not a situation. But for instance, there was, um, I remember a few years ago, a young man who I hate this phrase, but is a little person um, and was being picked on. Um, because of his, his size at school and people immediately responded with like money and, Oh, and they started picking out. And then all these other situations started coming out where it's like, Oh, well that was a really bad situation, but he didn't need money and people really jumped to certain conclusions before they really educated themselves. Um, and it started fights. Yep. So that's the idea was it took away from the situation, which is the plight of Anyone who gets picked on, regardless of the reason, and instead of empathizing, it it turned it into something else. Um, making assumptions is a, do not make assumptions. You can comment on the situation. You can respond to what you see. but I'll, And I see this a ton on Twitter, on Facebook, um, live conversations I've had with people. People start
1: assuming things. Well, he must have been this. Oh, or he must I have bet been, this uh, and that. Well, I mean, even even the the Hal Marks in Mississippi who yes. if, who said, um, "If you can say you're breathe, you can't breathe, and you're breathing," and then he goes on to say he didn't die from that. He died probably because of um, because of an overdose or something. Like he literally said he probably like there was nothing about drugs at that point yet. Yeah, and yeah. he just assumed a stereotype was true uh, about about George Floyd. And it, that's the kind of thing that we're saying you, you don't need to make assumptions on on that kind of thing. You can well, acknowledge I'm,
0: even in a situation where it turns out it probably is some way. And then it turns out to be that way. So, for instance, we did a whole episode about the Ahmaud Arbery situation and we talked about how we believe that because of the situation, we believe that the people who did this did it for a racial reason. But we said we're, we can't assume that it appears this way. All we're going on is this. Now we have testimony from the guy who followed them. Oh no, they were, they were, it absolutely was for racial reasons. So, but to jump to that assumption, it, that's a bad response Yep, because it was not clear at that time. Um, and had they not been, had it been for another reason, it still would have been a tragedy, but it wouldn't have been that. And it takes away from, it takes away from the, the purpose of that response. And it makes that response, not as effective and just not a good response. Um, other huge one, no response is a response. Yep. By not responding, you are responding.
1: Well, and I think there, and and people of color have really brought this up with friends on their, on their, yeah. their Facebook or Twitter or whatever, when they've said like, the thing that hurts—I've seen this over and over and over again. They're saying that the thing that hurts the most is not the people who are expressing hatred. Like, um, at least they're expressing something, and yeah. at least that tells me where they they stand. It's all the people that are silent on this. Yeah. That's where that hurts, um, because silence is taking a side. And the—I—I'm—I'm I, going to be careful in, in doing this because I work there. But but Southern did did face this a little bit because um, they didn't issue a statement on everything until. Um, until about a a little over a week after, um, after George Floyd's death. And by the time that they had released their statement, um, students were writing on Instagram and like commenting on their posts. So it it never, was obvious. Yeah. They were it like, well, oh, yeah, hadn't said anything. and students were like, where's your statement? Like, where is, where are you? We want to know if you actually stand with us here or not. Um, we want to know where you are on this. If, if we're going to, and, and this was the idea that many, many students shared was, If I'm going to pay a lot, you know, if I'm going to pay money to attend your institution, I want to know that this is an institution that supports, you know, who I am and the things that are important to me. Um, That's the idea. That's the exact. And it's the same. So they they demanded that. And I am glad that Southern put out a statement. And um, I think it was a a good statement, all things considered. Um, But I. It was I. It's a fair criticism to say that it could have come faster. Yeah. And. um. But that's, that's what happens is when well, yeah. you, and, and, the bigger and, and, you are, the if there's no response.
0: Exactly. It's well, going to per- be obvious. Perception is reality, whether or not it's fact. And so that idea of silence, it's perceived as agreeing mm-hmm. with whatever side, you know, the, uh, the situation is, um, when, when someone I, there, it's just, it's important to remember that no response is a response. Um, now not every situation Requires a response. Mm-hmm. I will say that not every tragedy requires a long winded statement. Um, but it's just important to know like, okay, just know that by not saying anything that says something. So, you know, be, be aware um, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction and not saying something is also an action. And a lot of times people think it isn't and it's like, no, 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 it is. So that's important. Um, making it about myself. I see this all the time. I have done this before. Empathizing the situation. You have to be careful when you're trying to empathize because, and I have done this, a lot of times there's a thin line between empathizing and making it about your own story. Yep. Um, I've had to learn to make sure that I keep it all about if I start hearing the word I, 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 I in my own statement, whether verbally or um, on social media or whatever, I stop, I stop. I'm literally like, okay, I need to delete this. I need to rewrite it. Um, Don't necessarily make it about yourself. You can place yourself in the situation as a human being, as a United States citizen, um, as a member of the world. Um, as a human being, as a, you know, Seventh-day Adventist, as a Christian. Um, but when you start to make it about yourself, that's when it becomes, um, an issue. Um, there's just a lot of examples of that, but I, I don't want to focus yeah. on them. You've all seen it. You know, there are people that they just, they take that pain and they make it about their pain. Um, seen, you know, Well, Night.
1: I'm, well, honestly, should, the, the, should
0: I mention the Tiger King? Oh, no, I what, I was, like, what
1: I was going to say I don't was, know I no, I was going to say, um, think, uh, Anthony Jeselnik has a standup special. Granted, it's very dark yeah, and yeah. just, just, yeah, it's very dark, but it's sure. called thoughts and prayers. <laughs> thoughts and prayers is the perfect example of this because thoughts and yeah. prayers is essentially become the, uh, look at me. I'm sad about this too um version yes. of statements yes. like that's what that is is mm-hmm. is it's a but but what about but don't forget me in all of this
0: well and and it becomes it becomes a catchphrase that you can use um and people can tell like it's not empathetic it's not you're not you don't care about the situation you haven't tailored it to that situation you're not identifying with the pain you're just literally giving away it's a you're giving the bare minimum yeah and and yeah and you're right and it it makes it about yourself yeah it's 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 a way of doing enough to legally be considered sad Mm -hmm. and and that comes across it definitely comes across um and then this is a big one too not owning or acknowledging your past mistakes um fair take right now a lot of people are changing their minds um, about the situation, about social justice, about justice, about um, police brutality, about the Black Black Lives Matter movement as a whole. Mm -hmm. Um, It's actually been incredible to see how many people are starting to change their minds. However, there also have been a lot of people who will call them out and they are angrily so and, and... degree rightly so right like well you say this now however six years ago or three years ago whatever the biggest thing you can do and the worst thing you can do is not own up to mm-hmm. those past mistakes
1: in other words and let's be clear you just like if you've changed your mind you need to say yeah. i've changed my mind on this yeah you don't just say you don't just start suddenly posting content or making statements that are the opposite of what you used to think right you need to say own up I to through change. this process. I realized that I was wrong in my past understandings. And I realize now that this is the way forward and I want to move in this direction. This is important to me. Like you acknowledge so, that
0: a, a great, terrible example of this was Kevin Spacey, right? Um, who made it out himself and didn't own the past mistakes. Basically he said, um, he was accused of having, um, inappropriate relations with an underage person and sexually assaulting them. And basically he said, Yes. And I am gay. And, and I'm obviously paraphrasing and, and summarizing it, but essentially that's what he did is like, he, he took this past mistakes and said, well, yes, but I'm look at all the pain that I've had to suffer. And everyone's like, this is not what we're talking about. Um, like why, why, why won't, aren't you acknowledging the fact that this is, you know, that you, you did something wrong. Um, A great example of someone who did do that is James Gunn, right? It was like, hey, Mm. it was not okay for me to do this. I'm going to back up. I'm going to step back. Um, We talked about, you know, stepping back from your platform, having, you know, acceptance consequences. And people were like, okay, that's fair. You know, they stepped back, acknowledged it, own it, and own that you are now changing your mind. Um, There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I think in the past as a politician, you'd be called flip, you know, wishy-washy, flip-floppy, I think we as a generation, we as a people, are able to see that now and say, no, this is growth, like there's a difference between flip flopping and growing, yeah, um and the biggest one is, is you have to own the mistakes. it is embarrassing you have to eat pie, um humble pie, I should acknowledge. you have to eat blueberry pie, yeah, when you do that um so that's. Honestly, both as individuals and corporations, but also specifically with corporations um, as a group, if you're working with a group or you're making a statement for a group or you um, own a company or work with a company. Only making one statement with no follow through is actually worse than making no statement at all. Yep. Um, that one did surprise me a little bit, but then I thought about it. I go, and
1: That's so true. Well, and I will say this, your, your, if you don't issue a statement. The only then the reason that no, no response is a response is because in the absence of a statement, people will just take your track record as, as the response. Yep. Um, if, um, so you, you had listed L'Oreal as an example here where they hired a model and dropped her when she started talking uh, speaking out about Charlottesville, but then they got called out now after making a statement about black lives matter and protests, That's the idea. If they had said nothing, I mean, they they already by their actions showed where they stood on this. And by not acknowledging that and just trying to say, Oh, that's bandwagoning. That's showing like you're in this for the money because you only care about how your statement or how your action or how whatever happens impacts your brand.
0: And uh, Jamil Jamil had a great response because somebody said, well, they're trying to move on and grow. And, and essentially I'm going to boil down like the last phrase she said was the whole thing was great. But basically she said, um, we don't need to cancel them, but they need to be held accountable in order for us to move past this. Yep. So it's not about necessarily canceling them, but you need to own up. Mm -hmm. You need to, because that one statement without follow through is going to, it does, it reflects and, and it does come across as bandwagoning. It comes across as cynical, um, as uh, um, disingenuous and that's not what you want to do, especially if you are actually trying to support something um, that you feel is important. Another great example of this um, is recently Leah Michelle, right? Um, And that's the reason why I kind of brought a lot of this up is because I kept seeing so many of these with Leah Michelle. She recently issued a fantastic statement. In fact, I, the person I talked to um, that, that, you know, their job is PR. They go, she made a perfect statement. Like if you go and look up, I think it was on Twitter. Um, what she said, I mean, it's perfectly, it might've been Instagram, but either way, like what she said, supporting black lives matter. I mean, it was like dead on. She could have hired somebody, probably did hire somebody for this. However, she was accused by a black co-star, um, about making her life miserable when she was on and other co-stars on the show. um, stepped up and then her response was what got her in trouble. She responded Mm -hmm. really negatively. She responded in a way that showed people like, Oh, and it negated that perfect statement. And it's that idea of follow through, right? Um, You have to have follow through. You have to own up to your mistakes. You have to have follow through um, because otherwise it just, it feels like a spin job. And I think that's the important thing when we respond to situations of tragedy it has to be followed up with something more than just words. Mm -hmm. Even if it's, even if it's empathy, emotion, um, even if it's maybe making awareness of the situation, even if it's, um, just money. Um, and I do say just money, uh, even if it's time, um, You don't need, you don't need to necessarily put yourself on the front lines, but doing something I think is what helps. And as we're standing back, right? How do, how do we do better? How do we observe this? One of the best ways I think for us to step back and realize what situation, um, or not situation, but, but how to kind of navigate, oh, is this person doing this, you know, Mm -hmm. just to look good, you know, look for these things, look for empathy, look for action, Mm -hmm. look at their track record.
1: And the, I would say the perfect example to me of, of what corporate accountability looks like when it comes to these businesses or organizations is, um, comes in the form of one of my favorite things to reference ever since I learned about it was, uh, boycott Uber, hashtag boycott Uber. So, um, back when Donald Trump signed the Muslim ban and, um, those in JFK Airport taxi drivers were, were like, oh, that's us, essentially. Yeah. Um, many taxi drivers in NYC. So they, they went basically and protested at JFK Airport. They refused to pick up any passengers. And during the protest, during that protest, Uber tweeted out that they were dropping surge pricing at JFK Airport um, for anyone who wants to take Uber. And regardless of why they said that, what it seemed like was that while everyone else like Lyft and exactly, yeah. it seemed like they were trying to profit off of and court customers away from the taxi industry and capitalize on, um, on the fact that everyone else was protesting. And so within 30 minutes, this hashtag soared yeah. back to popularity and Uber for the first time in its history, lost the market share majority market share to Lyft. Um, and I don't know if they ever recovered. They may have recently recovered, but as far as the market share was concerned. But here, the I mean, reality it's, is it's
0: been, it's been a close race. Yeah. Now, but that's the thing since. is
1: Uber still exists. Like, and they're, they, we didn't cancel them. We didn't, we didn't say, you know, they're still a thing that we use. I utilize them every time I travel and I don't have a rental car. Um, like it's, that's the perfect level of accountability to say like, no, this is not okay. We're telling you as an organization that what you're doing is not Okay. And this is what you're going to suffer from it, which is your bottom line, and you're going to have yep. to do some work to recover there. Yeah, um, that's what accountability looks like. Like yeah. that's the perfect example of accountability. We didn't call for Uber to, to never exist ever again.
0: Burn Uber drivers yeah, and effigy. We, and-
1: correct. We just said no. We're not doing. We're we're not okay with what you're doing here. Do better. <laughs> and so, and they they have. So that's the kind of thing when we say holding accountable. And and when you're looking for when you're looking for ways to to actually interact with responses yeah. from corporations or people. That's what accountability looks like.
0: I think another great example of that um, recently at Lovefield, uh, a 12 foot, uh, 12 foot high t- stall, bleh, 12 foot high tall bronze statue um, called one riot. One ranger was removed from the airport um, basically because of a book that was coming out um, and it's coming out, I think June 12 or something like that called uh what I won't peddle the book, but basically it's on the really racist and violent past of the Texas Rangers. Um, and the man who was the model for this statue, which was, uh, planted or it was put there in 1963, um, was known as the face of segregation in Texas. He was the Ranger that was sent to a high school and a community college in Texarkana. um, that kept and literally kept black people out Mm -hmm. black students from integrating. They, this book is about to come out. The city of Dallas looked at what was going on. um, Even though the statue was made by a uh, prominent Texan uh, artist, even though the Texas Rangers are a prominent part of the Texas past and they're present um, and they may have done a lot of good, in, in Texas, for Texans, uh, people there, they said, you know what, this particular statue, what it represents, and especially right now, is not something that we as a city and as a state want to mm-hmm. present to people who come in. Um, and so they removed it. And I know for a fact that there are a lot of people in Texas that were not happy about that. But I think that's the, the you're, we're seeing the change, which is we don't want people to think that black people don't matter in Texas. And so, because this man was the face of this movement, because that is what he represents. And that is not what we want the Texas Rangers to represent. And that is not what we want Texas to represent. We are going to remove this. I think that to me is a great example of another one of accountability, right? They're not banning the Texas Rangers. They're not closing stuff down, but they're saying, you know what, we're not going to, we're not going to glorify this because yeah. that's what it's saying and and to me I think that's the idea of response right that was their response it was a good response it was followed with action it wasn't just hey we support you know we we're cool it was we are cool and in order to do that we're going to sacrifice something that is a part of our history to make sure that people feel that way and i think that's what we can do on individual levels and and as a group
1: yeah absolutely So, uh, we hope that this has been something that has been beneficial for you as you think to how can I respond to tragedies and, and how do I actually interact with this kind of thing? It is the, you know, I I think it's the position of both Tony and me that, that it is the morally and ethically responsible thing to do to speak out on these issues and use whatever, uh, whatever influence you have within your own sphere, um, to do so. And, um, but it's also important to educate yourself as you speak out and to continue educating yourself as you speak out. So, um, as as I've spoken out about George Floyd and, and Black Lives Matter over the last several weeks, uh one of the I've also been learning so much more as I do yeah, that. Yeah, so by speaking here. out, you can be you can educate yourself and learn more and, and gain new perspectives. So we hope that you speak out responsibly, that you're able to hold those um hold leaders accountable um appropriately. And we um and we hope you're staying safe still amidst Uh, pandemic stuff and everything else out there. But thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll see you in a couple weeks.